As a small business owner, how many of you hate dealing with all of the tedious admin and paperwork? Don't worry, you're not alone. You need to set aside that frustration you're feeling because there's a more enlightened way to look at the situation. Let's look at it this way. If you're still managing to deal with your paperwork on your own by using a spreadsheet, then you're going to absolutely crush it when you start getting help from FreshBooks. You see, FreshBooks has created ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for self-employed people who would rather spend their precious time building their businesses than dealing with mountains of paperwork. One thing I really love about FreshBooks is that you can send clean and professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds. And with literally two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. We all like doing that. For your free 30-day unrestricted trial, just go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you and the how did you hear about a section. Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the my taught you podcast. Today is Sunday, January 14th, 2018. I am here today with um, a Q&A podcast. So I went through my inbox and pulled some questions that I thought that you may want to hear the answers to. Um, if you have questions that you'd like for me to answer on this podcast, you are welcome to email me at mytaughtyou at gmail.com. So um, I am here. I have some water with lemon. I'm slightly winded. Uh, this is probably the third time I've attempted to record this and I'm like, just get over it, my leak. You're still pregnant and slightly out of breath. So um, work with me just a little bit today. I don't have much longer to go uh, in my pregnancy. And someone gave me a really cool idea. Um, I want to say she tweeted me and she suggested a sort of like maternity leave podcast, um, a podcast giving you some of my favorite sort of like things to listen to other podcasts um, while I'm out. I don't imagine I'll be out that long because I'm committed to recording podcasts. So um, I thought that was a cool idea. So I'm putting that on my definitely do list. So I'm definitely going to do something like that so you guys can know uh, what I'm into and what I listen to. Um, first question today, the rest of these, uh, questions are career questions, but the first question I got less than a week ago, and I was so curious to know what other people thought about this young woman's question that I immediately asked my significant other. And then I even went around asking a few friends out of sheer, sheer curiosity. I even went onto my, uh, Facebook fan page, which is facebook.com backslash my taught you, and even wanted to know what everyone thought over there. So let's get into this first question. My leak, I'd like your advice on this issue I had with my friend of 10 years, a little backstory on our friendship. We used to be roommates for years and then she moved to another city she would stay in my apartment with her new boyfriend when she came back to town, so I became familiar with her boyfriend. We'd all hang out just fine, and I didn't have any issues. In fact, I'm very happy that she found someone who treats her so well, and they have been going strong for a long time. In recent years, I've had the opportunity to visit her in her city and stayed at her place a few times and even spent some holidays there. Because of all this, I developed a rapport with her boyfriend and have gotten to know him a little better. I see them both as good friends, especially since they were both supportive of me during an emotionally difficult time when I visited them. Her boyfriend expressed an interest in cameras and is knowledgeable there. I have a common interest in that, so I recently texted him asking a question regarding the subject. 
I was surprised to find to find that he was bothered by my one-on-one contact toward him via text and told my friend to talk to me about it. While this one-on-one contact is more recent, it is by no means regular. I've texted him with such technical questions maybe three separate times this year, and he has responded without mentioning an issue. I think it'd be weird for me to go through her to ask him a mundane question when I can just text him and we've had and we've had many conversations in person before, both in both in her presence and without. They would prefer that if I text him, it's within a group text scenario, including her. While I don't see this as necessary, given the history and nature of my contact, I am willing to honor their request and won't do something they don't want me to do. The issue I have is that they have presented this to me as my own personal blind spot on etiquette or how society works. In their eyes, what I did is a no-no when dealing with couples and I need to be more in tune with that. I disagree and wouldn't have an issue if roles were reversed and am offended at the claim that this is a thing everyone knows rather than a preference. What do you think? Did I violate some unspoken rule that everyone knows but me? Or did I do something reasonable given the nature of our friendship and in being overly judged? I'd appreciate your input. Apparently out of tune. Okay. I have a bunch of reasons why I feel the way that I feel, but I'm going to just cut to the chase and say that I'm with you on this one. I grew up in an environment in which most would have agreed with your friend and her boyfriend. I know a good number of older women that don't like other women contacting their man. I can't say that I contact my friend's men very much, if ever. And I don't think it's because of this and more that I just don't have much to say to them. Um, I have been contacted by a close friend's husband asking me a few questions about the hair industry, which makes perfect sense. And I don't see anything wrong with the interaction at all. If you guys have been friends for a decade, she should know you by now. And if she thought that you were the kind of person she'd need to worry about, why bring him to your house? Why host you at theirs? I have a friend that's overly flirty with any man that's around. And a friend and I simply pulled her to the side and let her know that we aren't the ones for that. Um, She was new to hanging out with us and we just nipped it right in the bud off the top. We all know those types, but I'm not getting that from you. He bothers me the most in this scenario. I just have to say that. I kept saying to my friend, I don't like him. I don't like him because I feel like he introduced an issue into your friendship and casted himself as the prize. I don't like men who keep women at odds with each other to try to keep some mess between women. If he truly had an issue with it, why not just add his woman onto the text message and make it a group text? I mean, that's their preference, right? Why make a big deal out of it if that's how they roll? Um, I do similar things during email scenarios. There are some people that I don't want to exchange with without XYZ knowing. So they email me and I instantly tack said person onto the email. Easy breezy. Um, I told you I posted this question, a version of it, because I didn't have the time to go in and copy and paste on my Facebook page. Um, And these were the most liked comments. Nesh said, Someone's insecure and it's showing. Latoya said, I've been married for almost nine years and never once before getting married or after married were any of my friends required to group text me to ask my husband a question. If I can't trust my friends, then we don't need to be friends. Sounds like best friend isn't best friend after all. Um, 
Eve said, I definitely disagree with the group texting. I would probably talk to my friend first before contacting her boyfriend just so she knows. Hey, Jane, I have a few questions about photography. Do you think John would mind answering them and then go from there? If she says I'll see, then I'm not going to text him myself. If she says just shoot him a text, I'm sure he won't mind. Then I would text him. That's just how I would go about it. Nicole said, this boyfriend has past relationship baggage. He's controlling, insecure, and his new girlfriend fell for it. Get out of that relationship now. Precious said, the fact that she has his number suggests there's some form of trust between the old roommates. It sounds as though the boyfriend is trying to create an insecurity and trust issue within his girlfriend, or the boyfriend could just be covering his tracks to make sure boundaries are clear with the friend in order to avoid any potential for misunderstandings in the future. Um, those are all the top comments. I think most of us are on your side, out of tune, not out of tune. Um, if you'd like to weigh in on this question, please pop over to the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash my taught you and leave your thoughts. Super curious to know what other people think about this. Okay, let's get into this next question. Hi, my lake. I recently purchased your landing your dream job worksheet and listened to your why you're not getting the job podcast before interviewing for my potential dream job. I had an amazing interview for an an administrative assistant position in a startup company that is doing exceptionally well and is projected to make $1 billion in a few years. My problem is they are only paying $850 an hour, which is only $17,000 a year. I haven't made this little in 10 years. I'm currently unemployed because I was laid off from my last job, but my unemployment payments are only a few dollars less than what I would be making at this job. My question is, should I take the job offer if I am offered it and hope that they increase my pay after I prove myself as a great worker or hold off for a better paying opportunity? During the interview, the owner and project manager said they will increase your pay if you prove yourself. Any suggestions or advice would help. Thank you very much. So I fire back a question, which I typically do sometimes because I, I, I try to do my best to answer these questions, but sometimes I just don't have enough information. And so I'm answering the questions based on the information that you give me. So I wrote her back and asked whether or not she'd have time to supplement her income and why she felt like this was potentially her dream job. It's my dream job because... I would be working directly with the owner of this multi-million dollar company with the potential of becoming an executive assistant in the future. I don't have much experience as an assistant and becoming an EA is my ultimate goal. Here's an article about how well the company's doing. So she sent me an article about the company. And he's also going to be featured in a big magazine later this month. During the interview, he said he goes above and beyond for his employees. I'm like, does he? And has even bought his employee a car. So I really like the atmosphere and it appeared to be a family oriented facility. No, I don't think I could supplement with other income because he wants someone that's dedicated to his company. Someone that is able to work weekends and long hours. Sorry. He said during the interview that he has no problem giving out OT, but that's only $12 an hour. She says, girl, bye. In previous podcasts, you've talked about how you paid your assistant a low amount, but since your company has grown, you've increased it significantly. And I remember you said your first job out of college, you only got paid $26,000 in LA. Everyone keeps telling me to get my foot in the door, but I have bills. So I was like, 
If I can clear something up, when I mentioned paying an assistant a low amount, she was a virtual assistant working part time and I wasn't the owner of a multi-million dollar company. In fact, I was making a living wage at around fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. Big difference. When I made more, I paid more. There's another way that you can get experience as an executive assistant that won't force you to live below the poverty line. When I made $26,000, I lived at home with my mom that first year. And when I got my first raise to $30,000, I got an apartment with a roommate. I also took the job because my ultimate goal wasn't to be an assistant. It was to become a high profile executive or the owner of my own company. It sounds to me like you're enamored by what the owner has accomplished. And you're hoping that being in this person's company uh, will have some will somehow have this glitter fall off onto you. How is his making of a billion dollars going to impact you? He's already making millions of dollars and still offering eight dollars an hour. I did a quick search, and the average salary for admin assistant in your state is thirty two thousand five hundred thirty seven dollars per year. <clears throat> he said he goes above and beyond for his employees. At what point? I wouldn't hope they increase my pay because hope is not a strategy. If they offer you the job, you should counter with at least the average salary in the state in the state. You can send them a link to that because in order to perform at your max, you shouldn't be worried about being able to keep a roof over your head. And what does prove yourself actually mean? If you don't get some crystal clear criteria and measurable goals, you'll never prove yourself to them. I personally wouldn't take this job. If your goal is to be an executive assistant, there are other ways to get into the field with livable wages. Good luck. Okay, next question. I was recently laid off suddenly from a job that I loved, that I really thought I'd have forever, simply because the company relocated. Due to my father's health issues and me being one of his main caregivers, I could not relocate with my job. I'm now finding myself stuck career-wise because I feel like I naively was super committed to a job that ultimately wasn't committed to me. Have you ever lost a job you loved or didn't expect to lose? And how did you move on, especially when nothing really excites you? I think the heartbeat of this letter is simply naivete. The definition of naive is a person or action showing lack of experience, lack of wisdom, or lack of judgment. I'm sure you've heard this saying before that nothing lasts forever, and it is absolutely true. Not just at work, but our mere mortality means we won't carry on forever. It's not that the job wasn't committed to you, and I'll just go out on a limb and say most jobs aren't committed to anyone. They're committed to staying in business and being profitable. If there is ever a threat to either of those things, changes will be made, which is likely why they relocated. They invited you to go along with them, but you could not, so the show must go on. I think this is a great lesson for you on how things actually work. While you don't want to be a person always waiting for the other shoe to drop, you should always be be prepared to pivot at any time because things happen. When working, you should always have a backup plan. Always. While I hope that my business doesn't fail anytime soon, at this moment in time, I am prepared for it to. That doesn't mean I'm not optimistic or going to work hard to keep it going. That simply means that I'm not naive as to how the world works. Many businesses have instantly become dinosaurs due to innovation and technology, and there are very few industries exempt from someone coming and eating your lunch tomorrow. 
I've never been in this situation that you've been in and I also don't expect anything to last forever. It will take some time to find another job that excites you, but it is not impossible. You also have to let that job be what it is in the past. The experience will not repeat itself, so you have to open yourself up to new possibilities and not use your past as a measuring stick for your future. It was a great experience that abruptly ended, and now it is time for your next adventure. Good luck. Okay, I've got another question. I spent most of my adult years in what I refer to as sleepwalking. Nothing I did was intentional and I simply allowed life to happen to me. I am now in a place after some therapy and self-development that I am ready to live my life with more intention. Amen and shout out to you. I'm currently in a job that I do not like and I do not feel as though I have gained any valuable skills over the course of my career to make a big shift into something else. I have been encouraged by the HR department at the company I work for to apply for a management position within the customer service department. I initially started in this department, did well, and then moved on to other positions in the company, all just lateral moves, really. If I get the position, I feel like I will be challenged, gain some new skills, add a management role to my resume, get a company vehicle, an increase in pay, and hefty yearly bonuses. The increase in pay and bonus will allow me the resources to possibly start my own business as well. However, the position will require a lot more work than I currently do. So I start to second guess this decision because I think that the additional energy and time I will need to put into this position could be reserved to pursue my own business or side hustle. My question for you is, would you take on the management position even if you do not believe you will enjoy it for the increase in pay to fund your dreams? Not really sure what is right now. Or stay in the current position and spend the time and energy discovering what you really want to do. The first thing that stuck out to me is that you do not like the job and you do not feel you've gained any valuable skills to jump to something else. I'll say a few things, but I'm going to start with your dislike for the job. I think a lot of people have been slightly bamboozled by the do what you love slogans. And when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. (laughs) And they really are all BS. Um, I love what I do. And I can assure you that there are aspects of my job that I cannot say that I love. It doesn't matter if it's your dream job or if you own the company, there's going to be some crap that grates your nerves I can promise you that and again I love what I do and I have worked many days of my life many many days I just want to be sure that I clear that up so you don't go looking for happiness in your job I'm not saying that you can't do something that brings you joy but I want you to know that no matter what it is it will have its bad days What keeps me centered in what I'm doing is that I am clear on my purpose. I have identified my purpose in life is serving black women, making things beautiful for them and giving them as much of myself as I can. Curlbox, my podcast, the retreat, they are all extensions of my purpose. None of them easy, all of them in my purpose. Now, I want to get 
to the fact that you took this position, that if you took this position, you'd be challenged, gain some new skills, have an increase in pay and title and get a company car. These all sound like incredible positives and have the potential to cancel out your overall disdain for the job. I'm not saying that you're going to love it, but it could cancel out the fact that you just absolutely can't stand it. There's something about getting paid more and having perks that make things a little bit more tolerable. I encourage you to gain skills where you can because the opportunity to do so outside of this job may be a bit more challenging. Um, And if you're and you're worried about having more work, just accept the fact that if you want to grow past where you are today, there will be more work, more gratifying work, mind you. You talked about possibly starting your own business and funding your dreams. You never said what the business was or what your dreams are, but I can just tell you this right now. You'll have to work 10 times, you'll have to do 10 times more work on your dream without a guaranteed check at the end. And if you're serious about the side hustle, Why haven't you started it already while you have the time? I'm going to end with this. I think some people think that their job is holding them back from their dreams. And in some cases it is, but in most cases it is not. Every successful, successful business that I have owned was started while I had a job or prior business. Curlbox was the side hustle to my consulting company, Artifacts. I did both at the same time. And when I had a conversation with my business advisor in which I was informed that if I put 100% of my effort into it, it would have the potential to make millions, I jumped. And this was all while I maintained my podcast, which would turn into its own standalone brand a few years following. Your job is not holding you back from your dreams. You simply haven't figured out how to carve out time for your dreams or you don't realize that you can do more than one thing at a time if you choose. I own a company and it is very much a job. There are strict deadlines, working hours, people that I have to essentially report to every day. I'm the boss, but when you have to check in with someone on your team, you are essentially reporting. It's a nine to five because we're a business that works within the confines of other businesses. If our clients work with nine to five, then we work nine to five. If the shipping company only picks up between nine and five, then guess who has to be there? Please don't be disillusioned by all of these people working from the pool on Instagram. Sometimes I'm able to do that, but please know that every single vacation that I have been on has been interrupted with work and many of them with actual crises. It is not as glamorous as you think it is. So you guys, that is it for me. You can pre-order my Limitless Living Journal on mytaught.com right now. We sold all the way out of the first round, which is crazy. If you have it and you're thinking you want another, This Is My Year is our bestseller. You can join us on the Facebook page. You can also join my newsletter list by signing up on my website, mytaught.com. Again, you can send me questions for the podcast to mytaught.you at gmail.com. And if you want to talk about this podcast, uh, I typically like to talk about them on my Facebook page, but let me know if you have any questions or if you think something different. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Bye.